What's up, everybody? Welcome to Talk It Out Podcast. This is your girl, Gabby. And KT. And we are back with another episode. Thank you guys for listening to our last episode that was like over a month ago. We appreciate you. And uh, make sure you hit us up on social media, facebook.com slash talkitoutpodcast. Hit up our Instagram at talkitoutpodcast and our Twitter at talkitoutpod. Make sure you use the hashtag talkitoutpod for a retweet. We are here with a special guest. Uh, she wants to be <laughs> called anonymous. She's worked. She comes from the uh, Shelby County school system, and she's here to talk with us about public education and the local education system. Uh, let's give it up for her! Yay! Miss L is here with us to discuss um, the education system. Like I said, so we're gonna get right into it. We know that there are a lot of issues facing the public education school system. You just turn on the news and there's a story about this and a story about that. So let's, we're going to start it off by everybody giving us their view. What is the number one issue facing public education in 2019? Whoever wants to go first. Um, I guess I will. I think, for me at least, I'm not really in the education system, honestly. I don't have a lot of background in it or anything along those lines, so I don't know nothing about nothing. But, um, for me at least, I think that the biggest issue that's currently facing it is going to be government funding. A lot of times, our government cuts out the funding for school programs, and that's like one of the first things that goes. Um, like creative programs, even the arts and things along those lines. And I think those things are super duper important when it comes to um, like creating a society who is able to function, if that makes sense. If you're not teaching someone how to do something at the beginning and starting at the beginning, then it's not going to end well at all. You've got to have that good foundation. Our school system goes from right now. I feel like there's a, like a, um, a way where we just kind of like, okay, well you can find your own education somewhere else, or you can pay for college. I don't really think that there's a way for people to actually have that free education. That's good education. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, Miss L, what do you think? Well, to narrow it down to just one seems to be <clears throat> kind of difficult for me, but I'll have to possibly go with um, behavioral slash discipline um, policies or issues. Because uh, one thing that will deter anyone from learning is behavior in the classroom. Um, you ha- oftentimes have 20, 25 students. You have one teacher. The teacher is trying to teach as best as he or she can. Uh, but out of those 20 to 25 children, you may have 18 that's all over the place, mm-hmm. uh, distracting the remaining students. Uh, oftentimes, classrooms are not uh, equipped with a teacher's assistant that can help maintain order in the classroom and then that kind of spills over into discipline you can't discipline the children anymore Um, that spills over into suspensions that I didn't mention earlier there 
you, you can't suspend the students because your attendance is too high. And if your attendance is too high, as far as absences, I'm sorry, if your absences are too high, they want to keep the children in the classroom. If they keep the behavior of children in the classroom, they distract others from learning. It's just, it, it all kind of just folds um, into one another. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of hard to say, but I'd have to say that behavior stops just a whole lot of learning from taking place. Okay. It, it just gets the poor kids at a disadvantage because they're not, they're not able to get what the teachers are doing. Okay, I guess mine would be more towards uh, the higher up people because a lot of the issues that we just said could be solved through policy. And so whoever that is, it's over the Board of Education or the, the, the school board or whoever that is that's making the decisions, obviously we don't have adequate people up in there that can think about these things and plan ahead and come up with good, better solutions than what we have. So I guess I would say the number one issue we face is not having enough competent leadership um, to delegate things, to make sure that, um, to come up with a better solution to how we deal with those problem kids or to come up with solutions as how to better assist the teachers. Do you think that, uh, because Ms. L mentioned, like, behavioral issues, do you feel like maybe, like, is there a way that we should, from your, your personal perspective, is there a way we should discipline those kids? Like, what would, I guess I'm asking, what would you recommend? My recommendation <clears throat> would be to uh, go back to paddling um, without giving away my age. When <laughs> I was coming up, we still received paddling in the school system. It was administered by the principal or assistant principal uh, right there in the school. Um, that, I think... Um, it's worth revisiting. I also think that um, each school, if you don't want to resort to physical uh, whippings, because everyone has their own thoughts about that, but you may want to at least implement each school having what we call in-school suspension. Mm. Uh, we did have in-school suspension in quite a few schools a few years back, that was cut out. I know that, mm. I think it's been about three or four years ago where they took in-school suspensions out of elementary and then only had it for middle and high. Uh, then it was like, okay, if the elementary wanted to have it, maybe two years later, it was like, okay, if you want to have it and you have the money in your budget, then your individual administrators could choose to have that. Okay. That's another thing. And what in-school suspension does is actually take those students out of the classroom and have them for a day or two or however many days um, that's deemed by the administrators, have them out of the classroom in one setting where they do their homework, where they do uh, get lesson or whatever. But it pulls them out, giving everyone else a breather, right. <laughs> so to speak. Uh, those people who are actually paying attention give them time. But... First, I'd go back to paddling. Okay. Um, that's just my opinion. Right. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure if you guys ever 
experience that or had that when you guys were coming up. But. I, when I was in kindergarten, I get <clears throat> that was the only time me and this little boy, we were just laughing. I don't know, it was about something silly, some little book. And I, the teacher got us, and she gave us a little pat on the butt. I was just laughing because I didn't know it was serious because everybody else was laughing. But that's the only time I got it. But we did, since I was at a private school, I guess you had to, they had to sign or something like that. But you could get paddlings. Nobody ever really got it. I, maybe there was like one or two people in the entire, my entire history of being there, I remember getting paddlings or anything like that. Right. But, um. Oh, we, we, we had paddles. We were like a school. Like, the school that I went to was, like, out in the country was, like, super-duper, literally no one lived there. Like, maybe a thousand people in the entire town. Mm-hmm. So, they were really, like, traditional school. So, yeah, we had paddles. My dad had a paddle. So, right. <laughs> we, we all got whoopings. <laughs> right. And, and just from my experience, um, that kept a lot of the foolishness down uh, when I was coming up. And parents were in full agreement that, hey, if you if you cut up in school, that you got permission to whoop the children. My children went to a private school, so, yes, we had to wait, sign the waiver. Not even a waiver, but just saying, hey, it, it could happen. It didn't have to happen much, but you knew as a parent what you were signing, signing up for. But I think that I think that the paddling mirrored what was going on at home, meaning you knew that if you cut up at home, your parents were going to give you a whipping. So you also knew that if you cut up at school, you were going to get a whipping. So that kind of cut down. It didn't cut it completely out because, of course, immaturity, you're going to try it. But I think that if you knew something was coming to you, you you think, you know, you think about it before you did it, and you definitely would think about it again, trying to do it mm-hmm. again. So that I'm not, I don't really agree with, especially strangers or, like, I don't agree with that because we already know, like, there's there's stories of teachers taking it too far or a principal. You don't know where these people's heads are at and stuff like that. So, Mm -hmm. it may, I mean, violence always will deter some things no matter what. Like, you Mm -hmm. you threatening to hit somebody, that's going to deter, that's going to deter a lot of people from doing a lot of things, but it's going to deter it for, like, an hour, a couple minutes. Yeah, I think so. Um... I think so because you know we we have the kids that come up, their parents come up there, they get a spanking, and then next week it's the same thing, and their parents they they come every week it seems like, and it's like, well obviously that's not working the threat of being hit or something like that, so I think if I was running a school, mm-hmm. I would put money into more counselors and more people that were there to uh, I don't even know behavior specialists I think that's what they're called some people like that so that you won't have to spend all your time spanking and whooping you could try to work with the child so that you don't have to threat threaten them for them to, to act right you can teach them how to think and make the right decisions so that you won't even have to do that. So they can learn to just be logical without the be in the, logically just make themselves do right. Yeah. Without you know having to have an external 
um, person telling them do this or else, you know? Yeah. So sounds good. If I if I it was a perfect world, but of course there's not enough money for that. So mm-hmm. for now, because there's no corporal punishment, and then there's not enough money for counselors and behavior specialists. Now we're kind of at the the place we're at now, where people who need extra help and maybe need counselors and therapists are just thrown into these classrooms with everybody else, and. If no, if you're not trained in that, and if that's not your job description, it's just going to be a mess, and that's kind of how it is right now. I think. Oh, I agree. Let's go to each person's their number one thing. So you said okay. your number one issue you think is what government funding. So I say government funding because less funding means less staff. Uh, that means fewer programs for kids. That means that there are fewer things that children can learn about. So, like, books. Like, that buys the books. That buys literally everything. Uh, that funds the teachers. That pays for the entire school period. So, if you don't have that government funding or you have, like, only a certain amount of things, then that's going to cut... Um, programs that are important to children out. So children may be, you know, I remember when I was in my, in, uh, in high school, we were, our high school got diminished by a tornado and we were in FEMA trailers because the government would not, would not pay for us to get a new school, a new school after a tornado. Mm. And we did that for three years. I didn't get to go into that new high school until my senior year, and it was like half of the half the year. Um, and so, like, it was really, really hard because we were walking around out in the rain, out in the snow, mm. everything, having to go from trailer to trailer to go into these certain rooms. Of mm. course, the desks were super-duper tiny because we're in trailers. It was just... It was horrible. It was absolutely horrible. And we had, no one wanted to pay for it. We even had to do a, a petition, or not a petition, but the the county or something like that had to vote on it. And people didn't want their taxes raised. So they said, no, they can just be in FEMA trailers. Wow. Like, it was, it was terrible. So, yeah, that's why I say government uh, funding is really important, I think. Yeah, that, I agree. That's like what I said kind of went to mind. Like, when you think about it, of course, where you live determines a lot about where you're going to be. It might not, it's not an end-all, be-all, but it does kind of show for a lot of people how they're going to end up. So if you are in a community that it has a very high poverty rate, um, your schools, nine times out of ten, are not going to be the best because your taxes are going to that school. And if the 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 household income or however is not that high, then you're not going to have the state-of-the-art uh, library with all the equipment and stuff like a a Carterville High School, which I've heard their, their library is like almost the size of University of Memphis, and they have so many programs and stuff for the children because of, I mean, look who's going to those schools. They're, those are middle-class, upper-middle-class people that are paying into it, so they're going to have the best. So it really is an inequality when you think about it because if you're poor, 
you don't have the same opportunities as far as public education as a rich person does. So I think we really do somehow need to need to try to level that playing field because if you're not going to have a chance, I mean, you there's some people that are going to make it because they're smart and they have family that that's going to push and folks that care about them. But if you're at a place where you still don't know how to read and you're getting into middle school and the the te- the school's understaffed and there's like 30 kids up in the classroom, what are the odds that you're going to be this, at the same place as yeah. somebody that went to a Carrierville or a, a super-duper rich neighborhood? It's it's not very likely. What do you think, Ms. L.? I totally agree with what you what you just said. Um, not much to add to that, but what we also have to um, take a look at those government dollars. Um, I think what we're missing too is in the poor neighborhoods. It's um, you have to almost be destitute. Mm to receive federal dollars. Like literally there's money in being poor. Now the distribution of the money is probably more of the issue. Okay. Meaning um, most schools, if you look now, are fighting for students in the public schools. Inner city, Uh fighting. And when I say fighting, meaning they're going door to door. Um, They're literally, (laughs) now that rezoning has taken place, they're literally bending the rules, Mm. meaning you're supposed to live certain addresses within this box. And within this box, you'll go to this particular school. Well, rules are being bent to allow students outside of those addresses to come to their schools. Well, why? Because there is a certain dollar amount that is attached to every child. There's a certain dollar amount that's attached to, say, a child with an issue. Mm. That issue could be um, special education. That issue could be behavioral There's dollars attached to it. Um, So you can get more money if you have more students. Now, you say, well, if we have more money, then we would have money to go towards, as um, KT was saying, oh, the arts, this, this, that, and the other. Sounds good. You have a person in place who's supposed to administer where those dollars go to. Right. And as with any other business, most businesses are what? Top heavy. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? That means the people and the administrator get the most money. Come on and talk to us. Yeah. <laughs> you see, who's getting it? The, the people at the top. Yeah. The people at the top. Mm-hmm. The people at the top. But what you can do is, if you really cared, because see, that's what, if you cared, mm-hmm then you would take that pie and start slicing it where most of the money goes where? In the classroom. Mm -hmm. I agree to that. You see, it's not that 
necessarily it's a lack of funding more so than the administrating of the funding. Mm. Does that make any sense? Yeah. If I say here's a billion dollars, but I'm going to give 70% of it goes to employees mm-hmm. at the Board of Education. That leaves 30% of it to be spread out among all these oh, different sure. schools. Yeah. Mm. You already mentioned that the teachers want more money, right? Mm-hmm. The teachers are complaining that they're not getting paid enough, so they want to go get a job at central office. Because why? Central office is getting paid the bigger bucks. Wow. Huh? Mm-hmm. And so we're talking about behavioral issues. Someone brought up, I believe it was you, get a behavior specialist. Well, you could. Cost money. So the person that's in charge then has to say, okay, I want a certain portion of my budget to go to a behavioral specialist. I want a portion of my budget to go to more teacher's assistants in the classrooms. If you have kindergarten, first, second, third, fourth, and fifth, and for each grade you have five to six sections, Mm -hmm. how many teacher's assistants do you think you would need? You know, just, just, just grade, out of thirty, about 30, mm-hmm. you would think. And a school that needs about 30 probably has three. Wow. Mm. Probably. And if they have three, how can they assist in five sections <laughs> of a grade throughout the day? That's impossible. So what do you have to do? You have to then say, I want more teacher's assistance with my budget. Mm-hmm. It depends on where the person is putting their heart. If they care, this is what you would do. Okay. I think it's more so that than the dollar amount. Because the poorer, the more money. Mm. More children, more money. And you'll see this. If you keep looking at the system, money is tied to children. Children that budget. Every year there's a thing called budget checkout, and they get all rattled. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's dropping, it's dropping, it's dropping, it's dropping. Meaning the attendance, meaning uh, how many people we have enrolled. The lower the enrollment, the lower the staff. The lower the staff, the lower the budget. Mm. You know, we got to have, it's all of that is tied into it. So there's money. Uh, let's look at, man, I don't even want to name a school. Mm. Uh, but there's a school in Midtown. Okay. How about that? There's a school in Midtown that everybody wants to get their children into a public school. Mm-hmm. That school has more money uh, than, than anybody. It's an all-optional school, mm-hmm. but it's, it's busting at the seams, the school the school is. And it's, it's considered inner city because it's not in the suburbs. Well, why is it that they're able to have all of these three, four clue classes, mm. um, science, a science teacher? A lot of elementaries don't have a science teacher, right. science lab. Yeah. You know, all of these last state of the art. How do you think? You tell me. Is it, is it a majority white school? 
Okay, so there's one. <laughs> That's one. But That's they have they, they keep that school packed to capacity and parental involvement let those administrators know what they want mm. and what they need. And so they have to budget for that. They have to budget for that. You can't sit there and just continue to use your budget on a bunch of electronics. You can, but that's gonna <laughs> cut. That's gonna cut out on what you need. Right. That's why I'm saying, yes, funding may be an issue, but with the funding, what are you doing with it? Okay, mm. so you had some you wanted to add. I'm curious. How do you think? How do you guys think that applies to the Collier Real School then? Because it's a it it has all of that state of the art stuff. They have. Uh, uh, our co-host, her, what is it? Her nephews, her nephews go to that school and everyone in their grade, everyone in the elementary has their own iPad. Mm -hmm. Why do you think they have more funding than schools that are in like inner cities? Why do you think they have more funding than schools like you guys' school, you know? Okay. I live in uh, the Bartlett area. We pay more sales tax. If you come to our Kroger's or our grocery stores out there, you're going to see a higher tax. They told us that. Mm -hmm. So if the inner city is not willing to pay more in taxes, there you go. We have to pay more. We've had our own school system now. What would this be? Year three? It's not, it's not that old. Um, when they decided to, all the municipals mm -hmm. branched off. Um, so I think maybe three is, is what I'm thinking. But that would be a reason. When they had their meetings, they decided, uh, meaning city council, right. decided this is going to go towards education. Mm. Okay. So are we agreeing to up the taxes? And the answer was yes. Every other yard in my neighborhood, all throughout, said vote yes. And you know what vote yes meant? Vote yes to the increase in taxes. Yes, that we want our own school system. They wow. were willing. Mm -hmm. They were willing to withdraw. Now, keep in mind, they were previously Shelby County schools. Mm. We were Memphis City schools. Okay. They were county. Mm -hmm. That was Collierville. That was Germantown. That was Bartlett. All of them, they were Shelby County schools. We were Memphis City schools. We were separate. Mm -hmm. Memphis City schools said, no, no, no. We want a piece of the pie. You guys are, are doing great. We want to do great. Mm -hmm. We'll surrender our charter. So when they surrendered their charter to become part of Shelby County, <laughs> Shelby County said, thank you, but no thanks. You have submitted your surrendering for naught. Now we're going to withdraw. Wow. And when they withdrew, they built their own municipalities. And now what you have is Shelby County Schools, which is just Memphis City School Remix. Because they've <laughs> left. They've left. Right. You're, you're essentially, you're, you're with same your thing. same right. people. Yeah. You're with your same people under a new name. Why do you think those people, those previous, the real Shelby County Schools... 
Why do you think they didn't want to be a part of Memphis City Schools? I think that they didn't want to be a part of Memphis City Schools because Memphis City Schools appeared to be one uh, majority African American and two seen as just a inferior, mm-hmm. dumbed down. Uh-huh. When you look at the test scores, when you look at was I don't I don't think that I think that they felt that they were superior in education and probably social economics as well. Um, just didn't want to be considered um, mixed with them. That's just my opinion. But I, I think that that has a, a lot to do with it. Mm-hmm. And so here we are. Now, essentially, Memphis City School Part 2 or Remix, whatever you want to call it, scrapping for dollars mm-hmm. because it's shrunk. Mm. When it and, it and you would think, oh, well, they're the same. No, you would have thought that the same amount of students will in comes charter schools. Right. Charter schools took children. Private schools opened their doors a little more. Mm-hmm. Municipalities took children because people started making sure that they moved more into these neighborhoods where they could go to. Bartlett City Schools. They could go to Germantown City Schools. Then you got Lakeland and Mm -hmm. Arlington. So all of this starts moving all these kids out, leaving us with less students, less budget. Wow. Mm What do you think, Gary? Well, I mean, that was just the facts. Ain't nothing I can really say to that. But, yeah, it's, uh, it's sad because it... Because it seems like, okay, in order to move, okay, if you're moving to Bartlett, if you're moving to Carrieville, if you're moving to Germantown, you had a little bit of money to be able to, to go over there and to afford it. So it's still right. like it's kind of leaving some people behind mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. whatever reason. It still it still seems like it's coming down to money. And like what you said about the administrators, that that is true, though, because mm-hmm. you – I don't know why, but you would think you would you want people in there that's gonna care about the kids. Like that's the whole point of the the whole point of the school is to teach the children. It's not about the principal. It's not about the teacher. They help facilitate all that, mm-hmm. but the number one thing is to educate the children. So I don't know why, when people are picking the administrators or whatever, they're not making sure or watching over them to make sure they're making decisions that are in the best interest. Of the kids. Capitalism. It's all about money. I mean, yeah, that's really what it's about. Yeah. Uh, so, okay, we talked about the government funding. Mm-hmm. That was kind of with mine. And so we can talk more about um, the behavior issue. Um, so, KT, what, what do you think about it? Like, I, I guess coming from your standpoint when you were in school, was behavior a big deal in your school, was there a lot of kids cutting up? Okay. Um, my school was small. Like, it wasn't, like, the biggest school. I graduated with, like, 72 people. Mm. That's not a lot of people at all. But my school was also, like, not very strict. Like, they didn't, like, when I was, at least when I was in high school, we, they didn't do paddlings they didn't really do in school suspension because we really didn't have a space for that because we were in FEMA trailers um 
they really were not that strict. And honestly, I think that made the environment easier. Um, once we got into the actual high school itself, once they finally built it, we had this really great principal, and he was all about keeping us at school, which later on I found out, oh, well, he's doing that because of funding, right? So, um, but definitely he was always about keeping us at school. Once you became a senior, you actually got, if you had good grades, you had an average of at least a 3.0 or, or 2.5, something like that, and you had your attendance at 90% or better, then you got to go uh, and have a one-hour lunch off campus every single day. So that was something that really, really pushed people. They were like, oh, well, of course I want a one-hour lunch, you know. So, of course, I'm going to keep my grades up. Of course, I'm going to come to school and things like that. We were never really screamed at. We were never told, you need to do that, you need to do that. They were just, like, really super-duper chill, and it made it easier for us to focus not on correcting our behavior or correcting things like that and instead focus on our learning. It made us want to learn. So, um, for that, that, that's kind of my thing. That's my thought. Okay. Let me ask you something, Kate, to you referring to high school. What about previous to the FEMA trailers? Previous like, do you remember school? any, like, maybe middle school or elementary? elementary? What can you elementary? say about that? Um, oh, gosh. I went to so many elementary schools because my mom liked to move. But... I went to one elementary school that was, like, close to the Jonesboro, Arkansas area. It was a really small school there, too. Same thing. They were super-duper chill. I think that there wasn't a lot of there wasn't a lot of behavioral issues, at, at least from what I know. I was just a kid, right? So mm -hmm. what do I know? But then middle school through high school, I was in persistently the same school. And um, middle school, my principal's... They were really cool, too. They had um, this one time. That was when Teach Me How to Dougie was, like, this really big thing. Mm -hmm. And they did, like, their own video. Um, and literally, I don't know. Like, it just, it wasn't the worst experience. But also, I wasn't a bad kid either, quote, unquote. Well, how big I was your school also? Like, it, it was probably about the size of your school. Okay. So, it wasn't huge, but it had students in it. Did y'all have recess and stuff Oh, yeah, like we, that? we got to go outside every single, during um, high school we went outside, during middle wow. school we went outside, during elementary we went outside. So we had those outlets that allowed us to, like, let off our energy and then come back in and do the work, you know? Because I was, that's something I was thinking about as well when we talk about behavior, mm -hmm. Like, especially in elementary school, there's no reason for elementary school students to not go outside. Like, that's not even natural, like, as a human being. Like, at that age, that's what you do. You play. Right. You want to play. You want to go outside, whatever. And I think because now there's such an, a push for getting the scores and the tests and the grades that we forget that these are children and we treat them like grown folks or robots. And... I think that maybe just as, a, as an experiment, if you have those schools that do have issues with behavior, if they were just for a month to say, we're going to make sure every grade goes out for recess for at least 30 minutes a day, 
if it would decrease some of the behavior issues. Because you got kindergartners that are acting wild because the whole time for seven hours they're treated like adults and they have to sit down and be quiet and not talk and not play or anything. And so when they get that little bit of freeway, a.k.a. Uh, lunch, lunch or support, they're going to go crazy. I mean, I don't even know why people are surprised when that happens. That's, I don't know. I think that, that goes back to the people that are in charge. Are, is their number one focus on educating the children and making sure the children have a good experience, or is it some ulterior motive? I agree with you, um, Gabby. Actually, I had a, this same conversation um, with a coach okay. um, that teaches PE. We talked about how when we were younger, we went to recess every day that was mm -hmm. built in. It was normally the last 30 minutes of the day. Sometimes it would be in the middle of the day. But you were going to have recess. Mm-hmm. Each and every day you were going to have recess. What I've uh, since found out, though, as of last year or, or maybe the year before, I don't want you to quote me on the date. Maybe we can pull the policy on it. Okay. <laughs> um, but there was information that was dispersed to schools saying that they needed to build in an extra 20 minutes of physical activity time um, throughout the day. So if you went to PE, that's still considered physical education or activities, but you still needed that other 20 minutes right. some, some way, somehow. The way that schedules are built, and that's speaking to what you were talking about, treating them like a robot, what ends up happening is... When teachers go to these professional developments and administrators go to these meetings, they're telling you, you got to have 90 minutes of reading block. Mm. You got to have so many minutes of math, so many minutes of science, so many minutes of social studies, so many minutes of writing, uh, so many minutes of, of um, what was that? Like art, mm -hmm. PE, support. Mm -hmm. Is what we call it. So many minutes of that. You're at school seven hours a day. Out of seven hours, you're automatically 30 minutes lunch, mm -hmm. right? So now we're down to 6.5 hours. If you got to have 90 minutes of reading, that's an hour and a half. Mm -hmm. So we're down to what? Out of 6.5, we're down to five. Yeah. yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. So now, out of five, you got 60 minutes of another subject. That's mm -hmm. four. You got, you know, 60 minutes of another. When you break all of that down, the teachers and the schools are saying, where does the 30 minutes recess come from? Right. That, that's the issue. If the powers that be are telling you these blocks have to be filled doing this, mm -hmm. dedicated to a subject, then where do you get 30 minutes of recess? Right. So that goes back to what Gabby said with the higher-ups paying attention to whoever's making these rules now. Let's 
probably look at a different schedule. Maybe you don't necessarily need 90 minutes of reading. Right. Could we get away with 60? Could we get away with 75 even? Mm-hmm. Let's kind of shave some time or opt to extend the day. Mm-hmm. I mean, but you find a way. Right. You find yeah. a way because yeah. when I was growing up, all schools were 715 to 215. Mm-hmm. Didn't matter if it was elementary, junior high, or high school. So we were all seven hours. Some kind of a way, we got that 30-minute recess. Mm-hmm. So it, it, there's a way. Um, you just got to find what works better for you. And what it appears is that what may work better, if you would try, is not shoving 90 minutes of reading, not shoving 60 minutes of that and 60 minutes of that and 30 minutes of that. That should be explored. But you're exactly right. The physical activity, the running, the playing, the getting it out of their system, the taking breaks. I can remember going on the Internet, just looking at some things and other school systems actually let their schools take a 20 minute break every hour. Wow. Meaning after they've spent an hour I think it was an hour and 30 minutes. I apologize. For every hour and a 30 minutes, they get 20-minute break. Hmm. Now, that 20-minute break could be walking around the building, go outside, stretch, whatever. But they got a 20-minute break, and then they would come back. Right. They found that when they did that, then the behavior decreased mm-hmm. and that the attention span increase, yeah, of course. better grades, because they got a chance to take a break. Right. Adults need a break. I yeah. was just reading an article uh, yesterday that says that grown people who have a job do much better taking a power nap. That's a break. Mm, yeah, Out of an eight-hour mm, shift, yep. take a nap. And that some states were encouraging their employees to take a power nap like seriously so if you're gonna allow adults to take a power nap or a break because if you work eight hours you're getting a a what a break Mm. you're gonna get a 30 minute lunch like the kids do Mm. but you're gonna get two 15 minute breaks right why shouldn't the children why shouldn't the children so I used to be uh, like a a trainer for like an insurance company, Mm -hmm. and I had to learn that. Like I had to learn that uh, you can't, regardless of who it is, if it's an adult or whether it's a kid, you cannot consistently, constantly just, here's the information you need to learn, you need to do this, you need to do that. They do need a break. Mm -hmm. And if adults need a break like that, I can't imagine elementary students like, even trying to sit there for 90 minutes. But think about I your att- attention span. I like when I, be, when I have to go to those little PDs, like, after 30 minutes, I'm kind of just on my phone. Right. And the kids don't have a phone. And the kids don't have, you know, they can't walk out whenever they want to and go to the bathroom or talk mm-hmm. or whatever. They'll get in big trouble. Like, I, I don't know why these people don't think about this. Is it just that they're just, I don't know. Because to me, that just makes logical sense. That's right. I agree. So I, I um, to go back to that conversation, um, what he was saying was that they need to actually stop talking about the extra 20 minutes 
in theory mm-hmm. because from <laughs> from what he from what he found his discovery was they're not actually getting that extra 20 minutes it's right. it's just talked about that they're supposed to get it but who's ensuring that they actually get it? Right. Because the teacher is then saying, uh-uh, I don't have time to take a 20-minute break with you. We are already behind. You still mm-hmm. can't read. Honey, sit down and listen. We're going to take our 20 minutes. It's going to be spent reviewing. You're shooting yourself in the foot they're because they're, they're still not <laughs> catching on. If you would possibly allow them that extra 20-minute break, you may make your life easier. You know what I mean? Definitely. And then and stop shushing them it for lunch. Here's I don't the understand thing. that <laughs> because you have already you've already made them be quiet all day. So for that thirty minutes, that thirty minutes of lunch, that break that you were talking about, mm-hmm. they want to eat, but they want to talk because they they have been told to shut up and listen. Oh, and even morning. in the dismissal, they get, they can't talk. They can't so, talk in arrival. Right. They can't talk in dismissal. They can't the talk at lunch. It's just, but that's more for the adults' yeah. peace of mind, right. not for them. Right. That's not for saying. them. Yeah. I mean, you want school the was that- fun. Like to me, it just was a a more relaxed. Um, like KT was a very cool, relaxed environment for elementary. And we're talking about elementary yeah. here because that's the only real experience that I've had working in the school system. It needs to be more relaxed. It shouldn't be that stressful. I mean, Oof. A, B, C, one, two, three, <laughs> uh, sight words. We're, we're not talking rocket science no. here, people. Right. We're talking about phonics. We're talking about sounding. We're talking about colors. We're talking about primary stuff, you know, yeah. especially the pre-K through the second. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, third, fourth, and fifth, yeah, we're going to, but even math facts were made fun. Mm-hmm. We, you know, come on. It shouldn't be this stressful. I, we shouldn't even have this conversation. We, we shouldn't be, we, we shouldn't should. be having this conversation, <laughs> but we have to because it's reality. I mean, Gosh, why do you think homeschooling is flourishing? You know how many breaks you're going to get at homeschool? Sure, as many as you need. Right, it's, right. and you're going to get outdoor time. Mm-hmm. You're going to get breaks. You're going to, you know, it's going to be pleasant. Another thing that just came to mind, customer service. That may be a reason. Mm. How we are talking to the children. Oh, yeah. How we're treating the children. Mm-hmm. You know, that may be another barrier of why they're not catching it. You know what I'm saying? Right, because, yeah. If you're, if you're being mean and yelling and snapping because you're stressed, now you're <laughs> stressing me. And as a child, I don't know how to no. to deal with the stress other than to act out. Yeah. Right. And even, like, grown folks, like, if you're in a stressful situation, what are the odds you're going to listen to what somebody's saying? Like, it, that, it, at this point, they're, you know, when they talk about the school-to-prison pipeline, yeah, a lot of that is because, you know, they don't, they're not learning. But then also, it's a lot of similarities between it because a lot of times you're walking through this school and it's almost like you're in, it's almost like a prison. Like, the people are yelling at the folks. They have to be quiet. They can't look at somebody. They can't talk. <laughs> the teacher's acting like drill sergeants. And it's like, 
there is no, this isn't even an environment that's geared towards children. What child wants to be here? So, yeah. That, the adults sound like they don't even want to be there. So I mean, when you, you get done with children? it, I don't, I don't know. I don't even know. Like, who do we talk to about this stuff? Because that's something that needs to be addressed, though. Like, is it because the teachers aren't trained in how to deal with kids? Is it because they don't know how to teach and the only way they know how to teach is by yelling and hollering? Or, I don't know. It's just, it's so much stuff. It really but, is. But it's, whatever we're doing right now ain't working, so... <sighs> it's just been a lot. Well, we're like, well, all we did was just talk about it. That's all we can do at this point. What can we do? <laughs> uh, elect some more school board members. That's, get a, a, that's a, resolve. Uh, a resolve. At this point, I mean, we have a superintendent now, but uh, the, the best thing you can do is, uh, yeah, go to the school board meetings. If you know, I mean, if you have a principal for your child, talk to them or be, join the PTA or whatever to try to, you know, get involved and to make sure that somebody, parents are out here advocating for your kids. Because, you know, school is more than just the daycare where they watch them. You want to make sure your child is learning and you want to make sure it's a safe environment for them emotionally and physically and all that other stuff. So, uh, at this point, that's all you can do because it's so much bureaucracy, it, it kind of gets overwhelming, to be honest. Yeah. But, yeah. All right. Well, we talked about it. And, uh, I think that was good. I think you pieced it together. I'll piece it together. Uh, we'll wrap it up real quick. Uh, thank you again, Miss L, for coming on here and, and talking it out with us. We appreciate you and uh, your contribution to the show. And uh, we will... Be back next week, hopefully. Make sure you hit us up on social media, <laughs> Facebook.com slash Talk It Out Podcast, Instagram.com slash Talk It Out Podcast, Twitter.com slash Talk It Out underscore pod. Make sure you use the hashtag Talk It Out Pod for a retweet. And we'll, uh, oh, make sure you hit up KT's personal art account at KT underscore does art. My music account at G-A-B-B-E-A-T-S music. Um, and, uh, Shout out to Joy. She wasn't able to join us, but she will be back for the next one. Again, thank you guys for listening to this episode. We love you very much. This has been your girl, Gabby. And Katie. And this has been Talk It Out Podcast. Talk It Out.